0: One guest, 10 songs, 10 reasons. Music was my first love. On Radio Glamorgan My guest today is Nick Clark One of the biggest names in Radio Glamorgan Who we've not heard from for a couple of years Which is something we'll discuss later Nick devised and created Daydreamers And was a trustee of RG for many, many years I have much to talk about with Nick And we'll hear from him after his first choice Which is Mary Beth Maziar's version of Daydream Believer
1: Cheer up sleepy dreams Oh, what can it mean To a daydream
0: believer And a homecoming queen
1: Welcome back, Nick. How are you? I'm good. Good. Thanks for having me. You're very
0: welcome. Very welcome to this edition of Music With My First Love. Tell us about your first choice, a version of Daydream Believer that I haven't heard before but was very beautiful.
1: It's a little bit of a story. goes back to... Um... When we were doing some uh, some live broadcast type stuff, we got asked to play Daydream Believer by The monkeys mm-hmm. and it, it became a bit of a theme tune for us, and, and gradually time sort of moved on, and, you know, each time we had a family gathering or party with friends, you know, oh, stick the tune on, so we'd stick the tune on. And then it came to 2001 when Kate and I were getting married, and, you know, there's that tradition of the first dance. Yeah. And... Uh, we're like, well, we should have Daydream Believer, shouldn't we? But let's see if we can find another version. What actually happened was, uh, it was a Sunday morning, and I happened to turn the TV on, and uh, Dawson's Creek, if you remember that, yeah, was uh, w- just came on, and there was this version playing in the background, and I'd, I'd never heard it before. I went on a little uh, a hunt to try and find out who was the singer, what was the version, managed to find it, but we kept it all completely secret. We didn't yeah. tell anybody came to the you know, you know, ladies and gentlemen the bride and groom first dance and it started and and people were just like where where did you find this is, is this somebody we know singing it <laughs> in the end i let on that it was on the dawson's creek soundtrack so uh,
0: and do we know anything about the singer
1: absolutely nothing. all oh, right okay <laughs> can't help you at all on that one <laughs>
0: Uh, Nick, you've been a part of Radio Glamorgan on and off for a long time, so tell me how and when you and RG first came together.
1: Very, very long time ago. Uh, another former presenter by the name of Dave Brooks, who, who I'm sure you, you know of, um, he he actually rang me in my office and he was looking for some sponsorship, he wanted some money, and they were going to be doing uh, an outside broadcast at RAF St. Atham, and uh, I was like, well, this 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 sounds like fun. Um, so I said, well, okay, you know, what do you need? And it wasn't a huge amount of money, you know, fifty pounds, something like that. I said, yeah, absolutely, abs- you know, we, we will we will very very generously give you this money, but I'd really like to come along and see what you did. So uh, so Dave invited me in on a on a Saturday morning, and uh, I was his guest, and we did the we did the papers and all that sort of stuff, and then afterwards he said, oh, well, this has been fun would you like to come back next week? And that's really kind of how it started. And uh, for about three or four weeks, Dave would, would do his show and I would sit there diligently next to him and answer any questions or whatever needs to be done. And then he said to me, like, next week now, we'll give you a go. You can have a go on on, uh, on the desk and do stuff. Now, I never let on that I actually knew how to use most of myself. <laughs> so I, I sat in the desk the following week, pushed the faders in the right direction threw on about three or four different tunes and he just looked at me and went, why didn't you tell me have <laughs> been doing this weeks ago? <laughs> well, I just like to sit there and watch. And so, um, um, what
0: year are we talking?
1: I was trying to work it out. It's probably about... It's either 94 or 95. Right. So, um, so cer- certainly around that sort of time.
0: Your second choice of ten takes me back. Little Jimmy Osmond, long-haired lover from Liverpool. A classic, Nick.
1: I grew up in a house, and this is quite surprising, where where music wasn't necessarily the most, the most obvious thing in the house. As far as, you know, like, you know, if I, if I look at my own family now, we, you know, there's music playing all the time. It, that, that's not the house I grew up in. Hmm. Not to say that music wasn't around, it was around the family, but it was just, just you know, my, my mum and dad didn't really, you know, they weren't into records, they weren't into this, that sort of stuff. However, I do know this was one of the first records that I ever remember. So I don't know what year it is. I must have been quite small at the time, but you know the the, the actual seven-inch single of Little Jimmy Osmond singing "Long-haired Lover from Liverpool" is is absolutely the first song I ever remember.
0: Would you have had music? Would you have been listening to music then in your bedroom?
1: So I'll, I'll get to about the age of. 10 or 11 and then I I get really I mean I, I'm into music anyway I, I play piano and those sorts of things but gradually around that sort of age I really became much more interested in um, sort of you know music pop music that sort of stuff and I started going to a, a youth club and it had a disco and you know the, the, the standard things that you do as a kid but I really started to get very much more into music then and, and I think that's from the, from then on, my record collection starts, and it just gets bigger and bigger, and <laughs> we have to create create cupboards. To
0: make <laughs> Do you have any siblings?
1: I, I have a sister who's five years younger than me.
0: Five younger, so you didn't have anyone older to get music tastes from. No,
1: no. I, 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 there was a, there was a, um, some older people at the youth club that I used to go to, and they, you know, they were into music, and 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 gradually, I mean. I get more and more interested. There's a fabulous photograph somewhere of me, and I'm, I must be about ten, and this will this'll date, date the photograph for you. I'm wearing an eye Shot JR t-shirt. Oh. Um, and, I, and I'm stood... Like behind the like the record player in the youth club, so um,
0: that's got to be so, very early eighties it's,
1: it's it's yeah uh, it's it's prior to going to high school, I went to high school in eighty one so right
0: before that. So, and and where we'll talk about this in more detail after, but where did the bug for entertaining come from
1: uh, I think it's kind of something i've always just always done yeah you know, i like I liked playing music and 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 entertaining people by you know the seeing the reaction you when you play a a record or, or a cd or a piece of music and and what the effect that has on people so in a in a sort of a dj scenario and i've done that i've done the the pubs and clubs and, and mobile all those sorts of things that, that we've, we've all done at times yeah. but but equally doing you know I, I was in a band when i was in school we weren't very good my, my <laughs> um, school
0: bands never are really
1: no, no, <laughs> no you know, you've got to get very lucky to be in school yeah band. um but it just it's just always really been there as part of me um, and it's quite interesting when I was pulling these these uh, selections together for for the show it was um, the sort of stuff that I will play probably more at home rather than ever play when I was out yeah you know gigging working whatever and people say well you know what what sort of music are you into and my my taste is quite eclectic <laughs> so because you're playing the other stuff all the time so um, I don't I don't want to be listening to the the sort of the Popular stuff on a regular basis. No,
0: your next choice is from one of our best and I think most underrated songwriters, Billy Bragg. Tell me about a New England.
1: As with all these sorts of things, sometimes you find find out a, a, the writer of a song um, by listening to a completely different version. So uh, I i was very aware of Kirsty mccall's version. I think uh, many people were. Yeah. And and then one day, just heard this different this different singer and i didn't really know who he was so did some did a bit more research find out and i must have been about probably about 16 17 ish and and as you say discovered this fantastic singer songwriter that is billy bragg and there are many that i could have chosen but this is the one that i thought was uh, this is this is the one that led me to him in the first place I don't
0: want to change the- Mark's third choice on, this edition of Music Was My First Love, A New England from Billy Bragg. Now, Nick, you and I first came across each other, I would say, mid to late 80s, when you were running the Disco Entertainment for every single wedding, birthday, bum, party that I ever went to. In fact, you were the turn at my wedding. So how did that all come together?
1: So after the, the sort of the youth club days as the uh, as the older children moved on um uh, myself and, a, and a, a friend Rob, we became the disco at the youth club there we are and gradually i mean when we started it, we literally had one record player, and you had to talk. In Between as you swapped the. <laughs> All
0: right. So it's
1: a bit more like a radio show with people there, and, and the way the lights flashed on and off were you turned them on and off. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> gradually things got a bit more sophisticated. I think I was about 14, 15 when I had my, my first set of Twin Decks. <laughs> <What> a... <laughs> It's a lot brilliant, and I do remember going to do one party once, and the the the, the record um, player had like a, a like a spindle in the middle. You, you, can, you if you if you've got a record player there, you can see, and um, for some reason the spindle had come out in transit. We had no idea where it was, so improvised by putting the record on and putting a, putting a screwdriver through the middle. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, it's just like uh, ev- eventually we worked out that the the thing had dropped into the it couldn't have fallen out it was in the case we just couldn't find it so um so that that's how that started and then gradually got sort of more and more sort of professional if you like as <laughs> as things went on uh and uh, sl- slightly less uh screwdriver required
0: but it became a lot more than a disco because i mean when you were at my wedding you you had a, a singer with you so it became a, a complete act rather than just here's the dj
1: Absolutely. We we. I'd been working at a, a a bar in town. Basically, this bar had it was it was a no music venue, and they decided that they wanted music. And a friend of mine said he was he was going to go and he would go and do Friday nights. And and would I help him? And I said, yeah, of course I will. <laughs> the, the first the first week he went on his own and it it, it died dramatically. Um, so I I went in and talked to the owner and said, look, you know, okay, if we're going to do this, but we do it my way. And he was like, oh, no, I want it to be like an R&B club or whatever. And I said, it's, it's Friday night in St Mary Street. Let, let, let me have a try. If in three weeks it hasn't worked, we'll go back to your way. I, I just kind of went in. It's the, it's the time of things like TFI Friday yeah. and, you know, very much kind of in-your-face type stuff. That obviously worked. Uh, it was great fun. We did that for about two years. And then I happened to go to a different venue, and, and the guy who used to run the bar was there. And he was like, oh, I wonder what happened to you. <laughs> I'm doing this night now. On a, it's going to be a Sunday night in one of the bars. Will you come? But will you do what you do when, you, when we were in town together? That he originally
0: like, yeah. didn't want you to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. didn't want <laughs> me to do. Uh, and from there, it just grew and it got sillier and sillier. And we ended up you know each week there would be a theme and yeah, you know, he would stand on the door and if if people hadn't made an effort with regard to the theme he wouldn't let them in <laughs> so it, it, and it and it just and then as you say jane contacted us the one day you said she said what are you guys up to now and i said oh we've got this ridiculous thing we're doing why don't you come along and and she she's she's a she's a very very good singer yeah uh, and literally, she'd been there about half an hour. I put a microphone in her hand and said, Ladies and gentlemen, Jane's here. Give her a round of applause. Off you go, sing us a song. <laughs> but going back to... That's where the Sleepy Jean thing comes in. There was a, the, the guy who'd originally sort of pointed us in the direction of the Daydream Believer Sleepy Jean song. Yeah. He, he lived in the Isle of Man. And uh, it, it, it originates from there. It's it's not my idea. And uh, he, he came back to Cardiff and he said, Oh, you know, have you have you got are you are you out this weekend i said yeah yeah yeah. come down come down so uh, i'm i'm on stage there's about four or five hundred people having a whale of a time and i spotted him at the back of the room and i just i just literally announced to everybody that mr sleepy Jean was actually in the building and they carried him to the stage. Oh,
0: brilliant! I, I don't think to this
1: day he's ever forgiven. Me, so.
0: so that's two people that you cheesed off, him and Jane.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, but Martin, Martin uh, came, they came back to Cardiff to live, and uh, he's he's done some bits with me. So, uh, so yeah, it's all it's all good fun. It's all it's. Somebody said you are the in a world of organised chaos. You are the organiser. So all right, I'll take that.
0: So you could organise a in a brewery then.
1: Uh, pro- very probably, yes, yeah, yeah. And in fact, I think I have done.
0: <laughs> now, look, here's a bloke uh, for your next choice. A Very happy bloke. Uh, you a fan of Morrissey?
1: This is a song that I was not really aware of until probably about six months ago. Growing up in the in the sort of the late eighties, uh, being being a, a teenager in eighty six, eighty seven, eighty eight, you know, I was very much aware of the Smiths and the Cure and and, and other bands like that, and. I've always sort of sort of been around the fringe of their music if you like and then I was in the car a few, you know, a few months ago and I heard this song and I, was, I, I instantaneously knew it was Morrissey because you do you know that voice yeah. you know the style and I was just taken by by the song uh, as uh, as with a lot of my choices the you know, it's the it's the the lyrics and it's the the, the singer songwriter part of it that hmm. sort of stands out to me so that's why that's why I chose this one but it's probably the the most recent of the ones that I've got to know. Behind
0: the home for the blind, we are the pretty petty thing. Your next choice, Nick, is from the brilliant Suzanne Vega. Tell me about the Queen and the Soldier.
1: Suzanne Vega had been a, a, an artist I'd discovered back in the sort of mid '80s, and of all of her songs, this is the this is the one that that. That I really do like. It tells a story, so that's that's it. My my biggest regret is though. I was supposed to go and see her in in concert in Cardiff in about 1984. Organised to go with a load of friends. I wasn't well, so didn't go. They all met her afterwards. Oh so, uh, no! So it is one of my biggest regrets <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as well. Never even thought to get me assigned anything. You know, I'm the person that introduced them to, to her music.
0: So you're not um, you're not dedicating this to them then. Absolutely not, awesome, though. <laughs> and is this pre-Luca?
1: I think it's the same album, actually. Right. So I think people people kind of know her as well from um, Tom's Diner and yeah. things like that. But, yeah, th- those albums actually are both, both around 84, 85, 86-ish. So, uh, so it, it, I think it was probably on the same album. He said, I've watched your palace
0: up here on the hill And I've wondered who's the woman First I am asking you why. You're listening to another edition of Radio Glamorgan's music was My First Love with Nick Clark, choosing ten of his favourite tracks.
1: Crazy for Isn't it incredible how uh, music can take you to a certain point in your life at any at any given time? Uh, that that song, "Crazy" by Patsy Klein was uh, was basically mine and Mrs. Clark's song for want of a better word. Uh, everywhere we went, just you know, when we met. It seemed to be playing our first date we went we went to a pub and there was a there was a singer on and she sang crazy we were we were in a bookstore in Swansea and it was on in the background and it, it literally everywhere we went it became a bit of a running joke Kate, Kate loves Patsy Cline anyway so, so it's, <laughs> it's absolutely fine from that point of view but literally I don't know I don't know what what, what it was about that time but clearly everybody was playing this song <laughs> so uh, straight back in time what Nick was Daydreamers. Daydreamers as far as a radio show is concerned was born out of the the live version that we were doing you recall me talking about you know hundreds of people are being carried head height across yeah. the crowd and we wanted a way of sort of replicating some of the fun that we were having uh, another former RG member, uh, Roly, and I were were doing a radio show, and uh, and and then I'd had a little break from RG, and I came back, and Roly wasn't interested. He didn't want to do it with me this time. He, you know, life had moved on, so uh, I was like, well, how can I make this work? Kind of daydreamers was born. It was it was a kind of a case of look, you know, I'm not sure I can be in the studio every week. But if there's a few of us then then hopefully somebody can you know just sit in if we've got a format that we follow then it doesn't really matter if if I'm not there or you know if if, if Saren, who helps set, set it up with me if she can't be there or or, or uh, Marty because he was one of the original daydreamers as well you know we we, we can basically all cover for each each other, and as as time goes on, we, we managed to do that for, for quite some years. But again, as, as things happen, you know, life moves on, and you you have to do different things with your with your time. And and uh, but who's who's to say we couldn't ever bring it back? Because because I'm sure we could. The format's there.
0: Tell me about your seventh choice from Blondie.
1: Following uh, my time at, at RG, originally I became. Uh, I was asked by actually one of the uh, other presenters. She she worked for a charity. I didn't really know what her job was, but she said, "Look, we're having this event with work. We need somebody to make announcements. Will you can?" And I was like, "Yeah, of course I will. Really, no idea. Absolutely no idea." Turn up in a park. Was presented with a script. I think the alarm bell should have started ringing at that point. <laughs> and, a, and a lady called Louise Holland introduced herself to me. She said, I'm a Louise Holland. I'm in charge of this event. Thank you for being here. Here's a microphone. Here's a script. And um, she said, no, there's going to be uh, ladies coming along and they're going to be doing running. If you can keep them all entertained and when they come back, just you know, announce them as they finish. Well, OK, fine. <laughs> so, so about 300 women turn up. And they run round the park, and they do a five k, and they come back. and And what it was was the very first race for life ever in Cardiff. And we talk about the fact that um, your journey can take you, your RG journey can take you anywhere. Well, that's that was basically the start of the the new part of my life. I volunteered for Race for Life and commentated with them for nine years. And then eventually gave up my job and went to work for them full time. And when I was a race organiser, it's always good to have a piece of music, isn't it? To get people enthusiastic and getting them running. And One Way or Another by Blondie, that was the one that I played at the start of every single one of my races. One way or another
0: I wanted to talk with you about a subject that we cover a lot on Radio Glamorgan I know is something that has affected you and came to a head around September 2018 and that's mental health How back in 2018 did this affect both you and your family?
1: I think this is, a, this is definitely a male a male thing, well maybe a female thing as well, but a male thing that we're we are invincible. We can basically do whatever. Throw anything at us and we can deal with it. And uh, in the in the time up until September 2018, there was a number of things going on in my life. And actually, if you compartmentise each of them, well, you can deal with them. And, 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 and even now, when I sit back and I look at things, I go, well, you know, it was only this. I could deal with that. It was only this. I could deal with that. The problem was that they all came to a head at the same time. And this is something that I, I I talk about. I talk about for Movember Foundation that we're not all invincible, and pressures can build up. And if we don't look out for the signs, or we don't look out for the signs in other people, it can cause much more of a problem than than anybody you know really thinks. And I, I I'd had. A bit of an issue about four or five years before, I'd lost members of family in close succession, and and I hadn't really dealt with it, and I kind of knew the triggers and and how that that would work, but this one just literally crept up and and bit me when I was it wasn't expected As Somebody said the other day, it's like an elastic band; you stretch it so far, and eventually it snaps. Yeah, and, and that's what happened. And I I I do remember being in a car and thinking all 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 my thoughts were. You know why am I here? Nobody needs me to be here. What difference does it make if I'm not here? But the other part of my head was just saying, get home, just hmm. get home, and and you'll be safe. And then talk to people. You know, don't, don't bottle it up, basically. Um, and and you know, I did get home, and fortunately, my wife was at home, and she said, you know, what what what's wrong? And I and it just all started to come out. Um, and she said something to me she just she just she said you know it's, it's okay I'm here I've got you back so we'll deal with this and um, that was in the September and I I kind of challenged myself you know <laughs> stupid way of dealing with things but um, because I commentate for the November races I wanted to be able to do that and that was that was obviously uh, in the November I did the Cardiff one and they had a, a really fantastic guy there from a uh, Movember ambassad- ambassador who came and talked, and he talked about his his experience with cancer a- and also with uh, with mental health as well, and that was on the on the Saturday. And then on the Sunday, I was over in Bristol expecting somebody to turn up and do the same, and uh, and nobody turned up. And Kate was with me, and she said, "Well, well, what are you going to do? H- how are you going to get the message across?" I said, "Well, I'll just tell them my story then." And, and to this day, she says she didn't believe I ever would. <laughs> and uh, I stood up there in front of about 2,000 people and and it was all very jovial and then I asked them to put their hand on the shoulder of the person next to them, doesn't matter who it is, it could be a friend, it could be a family member, it could be a complete stranger and just put put your hand on their shoulder and just tell them you know I've got your back and then I said well fortunately somebody said that to me about two months ago and I'm still here to tell you about it and at the point of, of that, I said, look, you know, whatever happens when we can't deal with things, if you just reach out to remember that there is somebody, there will always be somebody who can help you. It could be a friend, a family member, a complete stranger, but always somebody's got your back. So don't ever think you're on your own. There is always somebody. And from that point, I I, I became an ambassador from Movember myself, which does mean growing moustache every now and again. <coughs> <laughs> um <laughs> but but you know what what I've done is challenge this and and I'm very much sort of go forward uh, I I've set up a, 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 I'm, I'm writing a blog uh, it's called one small step because it is about that making that one small difference one thing different that you can do that can change where you are and it's interesting to after the the one way or another one thing i've started to do is run i'm running myself that's that's my one small step it gives me the head space to be able to deal with things if i'm having a, a rubbish day i can go i can run and just you have to think about different things so that's that 's exactly where that, that that links back to to the song as well
0: and do you find that talking about it, whether it 's this little five minute segment or whether it 's in front of two thousand people, is as good or as important as any medication
1: oh absolutely absolutely I, i've had 've had a discussion with somebody recently they were and they were actually asking me if I was on medication and and I, I said no, in fact, even when even when things were right at their worst and I did have some medication, I I, I was looking for a different way of treating myself. Uh, and I came back off medication very quickly. Um, and, then, and, and that's not to say, you know, if medication works for you and, and that helps, but I wanted, I wanted to do things in my own way. Mm. And, and I think that's really, you know, what, one small step is very much about that. You know, uh, making that difference in your life to, to Sort of regaining control, you know. Switch, switch the computer off. Switch their emails off. Switch the, switch the text alerts and all those sorts of things off, and go and do something completely different. Learn to bake. Learn to sew. In my case, learn to run. I'm not very good at it, but. (laughs) but, Oh,
0: I don't know. I've seen all your Facebook
1: posts. (laughs) (laughs) I challenge myself to do about sixteen miles a week. I'm doing about forty-four at the (laughs) moment.
0: And two years on, how are you?
1: I'm. I'm really good. I'm really good. Every day, every day is is a challenge, and I can wake up and I can, I cannot be good, or I can do that four o'clock in the morning waking up. Hmm. Um, but I try to use the things that I that I know, the the techniques that I've learnt, position it that you you can't worry about the future because you can't control that. Control the stuff you can do, and then and then sort of move through and 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 really sort of looking after yourselves. And 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 if it comes to a point where you are. Unable to do that on your own, please just reach out to somebody.
0: Talk to someone. So something from Little Mermaid for your eighth choice.
1: Yeah. So this this <laughs> is making me giggle when I even chose it. The reason I've chosen this this is this is this is for my daughter. Um, so uh, in the times when things haven't been great, you know, life carries on and family life carries on, and and uh, my daughter Lucy sings. She sings quite well. This is actually her audition song. So, uh, so I was trying to think of something that would uh, would very much remind me of of the happy times that uh, that when we've been together. Uh, so I chose this one, but but the reason is it's because it's her audition song. Up where they walk, up where they run, up where they stay all day in the sun, wandering free. Wish I could be part of that world.
0: Your ninth choice, Nick, is from the. Brilliant, Ward Thomas. Tell us about town called Ugly.
1: So back in about 2014, I became aware of Ward Thomas and discovered they were going to be playing at the Globe in Cardiff. So with my RG head on, I had the absolute pleasure of meeting with uh, with with the band and interviewing them on behalf of of the station and uh, and just to spend time with with this new country act who who were really just starting their career and now when you look at it and they you know they're playing much bigger venues yeah. the globe but but we we've we've followed them it, it's it's introduced us uh, as a family to to sort of more modern country music so you know like the likes of the Shires or Sarah Darling or it was really the start of a new journey but uh, to be able to literally sit with with both the girls and just talk to them about you know where, where they've come from and how they write and going over to Nashville and and, 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 and writing over there as well, so it was fantastic so uh, it's it's a, a memory that I will treasure forever
0: And your friends that went to a concert that you couldn't go to, the, were, you were ill, <laughs> yes. uh, did you tell them that you met Walt Thomas? Absolutely not so <laughs> we,
1: don't. we don't talk anymore <laughs> oh, fine. Okay. Uh, oh no, we, we put photographs everywhere, don't worry In <laughs> town <laughs>
0: Your tenth and final choice, Nick, on Music Was My First Love, is from one of my favourite bands and a great track to end with. Tell me about Deacon Blue and the track you've chosen.
1: Uh, I think if you were to ask any of my close friends to choose a track, other than Daydream Believer, that represents (laughs) me, I think this is what they would choose. This has been part... uh, Deacon Blue have been part of my life since, oh, at least... 1986, 87, and this just became an anthem. It's an anthem for for my group of friends. Even now, heaven forbid, I should I should end an evening and not play this song hmm. at some point. And even even when we've had gatherings where 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 it hasn't got played, somebody will get on the piano and start playing. It. So <laughs> fortunately, it's only got four chords. It's quite easy yeah. to play. <laughs> uh, but I've been fortunate to see them on huge a huge number of times. yeah. Me too. They disappeared for a while. They came back, and we've seen them again since. So, uh, so absolutely, it's a fantastic track. Again, it tells a story. Quite a lot of the, I think, quite a lot of the ones I've chosen, as far as my uh, tracks, they've all had stories in them as well. So. Uh, so this just is that anthem that will always be there.
0: Did you see them on their anniversary tour a couple of years yes, ago when they came yes, here? Yeah, yeah
1: I did. The, 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 the odd thing, back in the day, they used to it would pl- have gigs in the, in the old ice rink.
0: Yeah, I saw there. them there. They were fantastic. That was one of the yeah. best gigs I've ever been to.
1: That's what I missed, <laughs> so oh. but I, don't, but I don't know why i don't know why I missed it. I just you know obviously <laughs> didn't realize or I wasn't around or we may have been on holiday, but everybody talks about that because
0: the gig. the album they were promoting was uh your town, which was a lot heavier than stuff they'd done before and the concert was like that and they did a brilliant version a version that could have fitted on that album of kylie minogue's "Better the devil you know and i've searched on youtube and i can't find i'd love to find it it was a fantastic gig
1: i'm sure i'll be there somewhere um i i have in my it's in my parents house to this day um a white label copy of which which was which, which was actually sent to one of the producers at radio one it actually belongs to my sister, but as long as you don't
0: tell her this has been broadcast. No, I won't. <laughs> uh, Nick, during the lockdown of 2020, you've been hosting Zoom quizzes and 70 Zoom discos. You still very much enjoy that side of life, don't you?
1: absolutely absolutely in fact we've uh, literally this week we were talking about season two of Sunday quiz coming back I think we're all in th- we're all in this for the long run yeah we, we just need to do things that are going to occupy our headspace there's, there's so many box sets you can watch but after a while they <laughs> even they're like I don't need another box set. no to that's right if it if it connects people together I think that's a great thing and what we've tried to do with the with the, the quiz night is is try to make it as interactive as we can I know everybody's, you know, so oh well, we're all doing quizzes. We're sick of quizzes. Well, you know, okay, maybe some people are, but I'm, I'm hopefully what we've done with ours is just try to make them. A little bit different and it's been it was been great fun just seeing the reactions and and being able to drop questions in that are very specific to certain people um you know we've been joined by by people from exmouth and exeter and and doncaster and chicago chicago yeah and 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 to be able to drop a a question that really they're only going to know the answer to
0: well i on the last few i teamed up uh, with claudia and we're going to do it again uh-huh. um and we've come to the Conclusion that either the other teams when you look at the scores they get are either very 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 clever or cheat one of the two
1: we, we definitely have uh one one probably two teams who are I- incredibly clever mm. um uh, the one team is my 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 best friend from ever, Mike and and his partner. And when Kate and I got together, and 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 Mike and I would would be in the room together as well. She she actually said, "You you both have a different language. You you can finish the sentences for each other. You in fact you don't even have to have the sentences. Uh, so it's that wavelength thing where even though we don't we don't see each other regularly, we don't talk to each other regularly. We live we live hundreds of miles apart now, but. It's still there, you know? Yeah. uh, That's a sign uh, of
0: a good friendship.
1: Absolutely. And if I asked him if you asked him to select some tracks for me, I reckon he'd get six or seven of these. Ah,
0: that's good friendship. Now, one final thing before we hear from Deacon Blue. When you had the mental health issues, which we talked about earlier, Mm -hmm. uh, and we talked a lot when I came to your home and I took over from you as RG secretary, you felt that you had to walk away from everything that you were doing that you didn't necessarily need. So that said, do you see a day that you might be back broadcasting here on Radio Glamorgan?
1: I could see it happening. I... Uh, it, it's very much having that that time to be able to do things, uh, maybe not being regimented into things. It was it was getting to the, you know again to the point as you know you know that that you know you have to be there for eight o'clock on a Tuesday evening. Yeah, uh, and I I could see that. To, at least to begin with, maybe it could be some specials or some, you know, once a month or uh, whatever. And, and as you know, with RG, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. It, it is about doing what you can do. I, I wouldn't. I would say I miss it. I do. I miss. I miss broadcasting. I. I. I have a passion for it, and I've always had a passion for that. So I, I will. I will never say I won't come back. Um, I'm dealing with bits of my life at the moment and when when that settles again then then maybe we'll be be looking for for uh, something to to fit in you know at the moment running has taken over my life because stupidly I said I'd run my, <laughs> virtually run round the coast of Wales <laughs> good news I'm more than halfway so Not it's going good. To be downhill from now on <laughs> um, and, and then somebody persuaded me to do the virtual London marathon now bear in mind like four months ago the, f- the furthest I could run was to the shops, which were about two hundred. <laughs> well, I, just, I don't think I even ran there. So, uh, um, so that that's that's consuming me a little bit at the moment. But but actually, that's giving me headspace to think about what I'd like to do next. Yeah. And 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 you know, I I Cla- Claudia was speaking to me yesterday, and she and she was like bend to my ear. When, when can we do stuff? So. Uh, oh,
0: she's desperate to do Daydreamers again.
1: Let's let's look. See as we've got. Um, We've got we've got quiz specials coming back. Mm-hmm. Season two of Quiz. Um, maybe there is a uh, d- maybe some Daydream specials we could do. So uh.
0: well, I think everybody at Radio Glamorgan would say that the door is always open for you, Nick. Absolutely
1: fantastic. And
0: Thank it's you. been an absolute pleasure the last hour. Thank you so much. You take care. And, so and you choose pleasure, pleasure, mate. Thanks for choosing. You've been listening to Music Was My First Love on Radio Glamorgan where volunteer Nick Clark has been choosing 10 of his favourite tracks. I'm Andrew Wolf, and please join me again very soon when another Radio Glamorgan volunteer chooses 10 of their favourite tracks on another edition of Music Was My First Love.